InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. 25% of Americans say they have trouble paying for prescription drugs. But there are ways to save lots of money on your family's prescriptions. And InfoTrack's Taryn McCall has tracked down an expert. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest today on InfoTrack is Dr. Edward Giardini, author of How to Save on Prescription Drugs. Let's start with the marketing of drugs. Why do drug companies spend so much money on advertising products that require a third-party doctor to approve? I think the easy answer is because it works. Drug advertising, the budgets are amazing into the billions of dollars, and it's paying off. The advertised drugs are among the highest-grossing drugs in the marketplace. So uh, it's very effective to promote the sale of prescription drugs. In your practice, do you see people coming in to ask for these drugs even though they don't have the need for them? Oh, absolutely. And I think every doctor could tell you the same thing. The advertising is very effective. Patients are going in to ask for the drugs. This is a course not appropriate because simply by asking for a prescription drug you're more likely to receive it whether you need it or not and there have been studies that show that and also it's a little dangerous because asking for a prescription drug makes it more likely for you to receive an inappropriate treatment then the bottom line is that advertised drugs are expensive patented products and they're likely to be a poor value so there's a lot of good reasons not to ask your doctor for prescription drugs. But why would a doctor allow that to happen? Why would a doctor come in and prescribe a drug to somebody that he's pretty sure doesn't need that drug? That's hard to answer, but I can only surmise that patients coming in who are convinced of a diagnosis and have a lot of enthusiasm for a trial of the product can cajole the doctor. Doctor might be looking for a fast way out of the visit and give in to the patient's demand for a trial of the product, but really that's lousy medical care. Patients can be convinced of a diagnosis before they receive that diagnosis, and really what they need to do is talk about symptoms with their doctor, and the only request for treatment they should make is that any medicine that's chosen is safe, proven, effective, and affordable. One of the first things I do when I need a prescription is to ask for the generic version. I know they're significantly less expensive, but with many drugs, there's no generic, and I understand the drug companies purposely configure the drugs so that generics can't be manufactured. Explain that. Well, of course, patented drugs have a 20-year patent from the time of their request and granting of that patent, and they have exclusivity during that time. So many drugs are not available as generics. But the good news is that about 90% of the new drugs coming out, new patented drugs, are uh, really remakes of medicines that are already on the market that are better tested with better known side effects and consequences, drug interactions, and probably available cheaper and as generics. So you're right to always ask your doctor to prescribe a generic drug if it's available. You had written the drug companies at the end of their exclusivity are reconfiguring the drug slightly, but enough to extend the patent. Did I understand that correctly? Right. Drug companies often come out with extended release or continuous delivery products that usually have letters at the end of the name ER, XT, CD, those types of additions to the name of a well-known drug. And it's not a different drug. It's the same product, but it's 
packaged differently, which allows them to extend the patent. In effect, this is sort of a backdoor extension of the patent. Therefore, it's a good idea to always avoid those medicines if possible. Sometimes there is really no advantage to these drugs except that they might be dosed less frequently, maybe once a day instead of twice a day, but they can cost up to 10 times as much. You write pretty humorously about some cases of people getting free samples of drugs from their doctor. And, well, I'm sure that's something most of us have taken advantage of. You say that's really not a good idea. Absolutely. The sample boxes that your doctor has contain the latest offerings by the pharmaceutical companies, and these drugs are almost always under patent and not available as generic, and they're among the most expensive prescription drugs. They're more likely to be another addition to an established class of medicine and not some breakthrough drug. These drugs typically are for long-term treatments, such as treatment of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or diabetes. And once these sample things run out, you're going to be trapped into buying that expensive drug. So I caution my readers to politely decline free samples to start a new treatment and just say, no, thank you, doctor, give me a trusted medication that's within my budget. We're speaking with Dr. Edward Giardini on his book, How to Save on Prescription Drugs. You mentioned a few minutes ago chronic conditions, and they're usually treated with long-term drug therapy. Are these conditions also responsive to alternative therapies that might not require the same dosage or prescription drugs at all? Well, unfortunately, many of the chronic conditions we see in the U.S. today can be managed not alternatively but mainstream by simple changes in lifestyle. The problem is that probably not enough time is spent counseling patients on how lifestyle changes could very effectively treat high blood pressure, diabetes, or high cholesterol. Patients who are interested in more of a natural approach to treating these problems are really going to have to do a little extra work at the doctor's visit because doctors are very used to reaching for the prescription pad first to treat these conditions. Why are drug benefit cards not such a good value, in your opinion? What many patients don't realize is that if your doctor is choosing a cheaper generic product for you, that's the copayment for drug purchases with a drug purchase card or a drug discount card can be higher than the retail price of the drug. I had a patient, for example, who was treated with a very cheap and effective medicine for high blood pressure called hydrochlorothiazide, and his dose was half a tablet a day, but through his insurance rules, he could only buy one month at a time, and the lowest copayment was $10. So every month, he would go down to the pharmacy and spend $10 to get his 15 pills, which he would then cut in half and take. Well, what he didn't realize is he could buy a year's supply of that drug for $10. So by using his insurance card, he was paying 10 times more than he needed to. So it really does behoove the patient to do some research and check prices out, I guess, across a variety of areas. Well, you always want to know what the retail price of the drug is before you use your benefit card. And shopping in general can really pay off. Local retail pharmacies prices can be three or four times higher at one pharmacy or drugstore compared to the next. So you really need to shop around. If you expand your 
sphere of shopping to include mail order and online pharmacies, you can even get better prices. We're talking with Dr. Edward Giardini, author of How to Save on Prescription Drugs. Thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thank you, Taryn. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.